thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to making the change within. I'm Karen Smith and I just am about to wet my pants. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Studio Mira. And I'm getting excited because Karen's excited. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even begin to tell you, I can't even begin to tell you how wrapped we are to be able to bring this podcast to you and how much effort we've gone to to coordinate the three of us to be here because this is one of the most important podcasts of the freaking year. Mm-hmm. Let me just put that out there and say that with all of everything that I have. We are so excited. Cindy is launching her online documentary of What's With Wheat. And to say that we are proud, excited, honoured to call her friend and family is 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 just it's it's an understatement and i am so thrilled and so excited for you cindy you have spent your whole life getting to these these moments and everything that you are and that you share has been poured into this documentary and i've watched it at least four times i've had everybody in my family watch it and they have been absolutely blown away and if ever there were People who were hard to convert or people who were hard to educate, let me just say that those are the people who are in my life and having them watch the documentary has really opened people's eyes because you've done it in such a way that makes it easy for people to understand. You've brought experts together. You've created such an amazing message that people can't not wake up to. So... The biggest, fattest congratulations from the bottom of my bottom. And I speak on behalf of the entire planet when I say thank you for you and thank you for everything that you do and that you continually bring to the ears of us. Thank you so much, Karen. I really appreciate that. If anybody knows how to say it, you do. (laughs) So thank you. I really really appreciate it. I was, I've been up all weekend basically and I've been on the news feed. So we released the documentary about three days ago to, to be free online uh, to the world. And in the first minute we had 800 people watching it. So, oh, my God. And it's, yeah, we had 800 people watching it and I, uh, I said, look, if you have a comment or a question, please make sure you, you put it on the forum. So I've just been monitoring the forum. I haven't been monitoring the Facebook or the YouTube or anything like that, just a forum. And I would, so far I think we're up to about 330 or 340 comments and 99% of them are positive. A couple of people said um, some negative things, um, like it's juvenile. Um, I liked that one. I really liked that one. Um, <laughs> what, they are juvenile? Or what? No, the documentary was juvenile. That was, that was a really, that was like, I've had two <laughs> bad comments. One, one was on war and one was juvenile. So, you know, she knows more than most of us and she's a scientist and, you know, give her the benefit of the doubt because she, yeah, she was weird. In, in how she said it, I went, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but everybody else has has been amazing. And I'm noticing um, that it's going through the celiac 
um, societies around the world. Um, I had one person send me, I didn't see this because it's to a closed group, but somebody Snapchatted the closed group to me and it said, oh my God, you need to watch this movie. It was just released yesterday and free to stream till June 30th. I loved it. Apologies if it's already been shared. Apparently it's been shared on this one uh, quite a few times. This documentary is going to give you amazing insight into what's happened to our wheat, what's happened to our food production, how agriculture has changed in the last 60 years and how that has affected our population's health and why we have seen such an increase in gluten and other food intolerances. You should watch it and then get your friends and family to watch this movie too, especially if they don't currently get your GF thing. It does such an amazing job at explaining everything for you with the help of great quality experts. I have nothing to do with this production. This is what this girl says. Um, It's just really resonated with me as it reinforces everything I've already believed, but I could never explain as well to my family and friends. And that's been the common thread is that now I've got something to show everybody who thinks I'm loopy. (laughs) So, you know, and, and you know what was really interesting is Body and Soul put out um, an article in the paper, you know, Body and Soul are on Sundays in across the Australia, and Body and Soul put out this thing saying that very derogatory, unless you're a celiac, you should be eating wheat, there's nothing wrong with you, and you could have a nutrient deficiency if you don't eat it. So, yeah, so I um, actually went to Body and Soul's Facebook and just said to them, poorly researched, I tried to say it really nicely, but I said, um, it's poorly researched, it's derogatory, and watch this video, which is mine, um, and then I would assume you'll need to do an apology to all the flaky people out there that are gluten-free when you don't believe they should be. So, (laughs) Nicely said. Cindy, can I I ask you a question before we get more into the actual, what the film's about? Can you tell us, I mean, we've been on this journey with you for the last couple of years, what started you or what had you want to do it? What was the trigger? Who backed it? How did it all work for you? Well, um, we were having a planning meeting quite a few years ago and and we were, uh, you know, like that leap of faith planning meeting. What do we want to see and where do we want Changing Habits to go? And Howard, my husband, who is CEO of Changing Habits, said, I think you should do a documentary. And I just looked at him and I went, and what am I going to do a documentary on? You know, seriously, there's just everybody's done documentary. There's nothing out there to do it on. <laughs> that was my that was my answer to him. And he said, no, seriously, I think we should do a documentary. And because it was a leap of faith, let's do it, I went, okay, let's do it. Let, let's do it. But then we didn't know what to do it on. And then all of a sudden I went, you know, when I did the elimination protocol and I realised my problem was wheat, why don't we do the whole thing on wheat? So that was, we got to that next step. And then I wrote the story. I wrote the story for the documentary. I wrote the people I wanted in it. And I wrote the questions that I wanted to ask each of them. And it started back in history all the way to modern day. And most of them were very, very versed in the history of wheat and agriculture and the spraying of glyphosates and the shikimate pathway and, and all of that. They're all versed in that. So I guess what I did was that I manifested that this is my um, documentary, this is who I want, 
and these are the questions. And then I went to, uh, we found out about this gentleman here on the Sunshine Coast that had done a couple of documentaries and they seemed to do really well and he came, you know, with good credentials. And so I went and visited him and I said, what do you think? Do you think there's a story in this? Do you think this will work? And he just said, I think this is brilliant. So it was the Christmas Eve, not last Christmas Eve, the Eve before, I did a video um, with the story of, you know, what I wanted to do on What's With We and I sent it to the people I wanted to be in it. And within 24 hours, now this is Christmas Eve, <laughs> you know, we thought, good time to do it. They might be bored at Christmas. They might go on their emails. You never know, you know. <laughs> Um, So anyway, within 24 hours, we had three key people, Dr. Vandina Shiva from India, Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride from England and Dr. Terry Walls from the USA and Iowa at the University of Iowa. All three of them said yes. So then we were able to go back to the other people that I wanted and, um, and get them you know, say, look, these three key people are in it. Are you interested in in being in it? And then what was really interesting is that there were two people that I really, three actually, three people that I really wanted. One didn't answer. The second one, I think the second one didn't answer. And the third one came immediately back and said, look, I'm in another, you know, thing like this and I'm probably, I'm going to say no. And that was Dr. William Davies. And he wrote the book Wheat Valley and I thought he was a key component in this in this movie but he said no so there wasn't much more I could do about that one but the other two because I didn't get them I then had to find two other people that I wanted and Denise Minga um, I noticed Sarah Ballantyne and Denise Minga did a lot of work together and so I asked Sarah oh my gosh Sarah is one of the key people in the film she's she was, you know, to me, one, well, they're all stars, the whole lot of them, but she just comes across so well and explains things so simply. So I kind of look at that as a positive, you know, that 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 was, that was exactly what I was meant to, who I was meant to have in it. And the other one um, that didn't answer was Alicia Fasano, and I really wanted him. Like I, I kept pushing and pushing to get him and he never answered any of our emails and then I met him uh, this year and I said Alicia I sent you many emails to be in this documentary because I showed him the the trailer and he went this is brilliant and I told him and he went I never got any of them and I just my heart just went oh (laughs) you know I didn't get Alicia but you know what I'm going to interview Alicia um, because his knowledge on gluten and and um the epithelial lining and zonulin is is phenomenal. So we don't even get into zonulin in the, the documentary. It just got it became too difficult to get into that. But you know, then the other one that I didn't get was Kelly Brogan. She was all organised. We were in New York. She was due to be um, at um, our interview, and she got the wrong day. Ah. Yeah, so I had read about Dr. Leo Garland, who was also in New York, and so we rang his office and said be possible to interview Dr. Leo Garland and and so at we waited for five hours in New York just sitting waiting around the corner from his office for him to say yes finally we get the call he says yes we're there in a minute he's only giving us an hour everything's set up 
and we he was instrumental in the whole the whole film so i look at divine intervention intervention inter, intervening that actually i can't, i'm trying to I'm trying to get that word out um <laughs> i think it was that that had everybody that was in the film was meant to be in there and you know we had a mix of farmers and researchers and clinicians and gastroenterologists and pediatricians so we had a beautiful mix of people that could give us a well-rounded thought of what's with wheat you know what has happened to our wheat why have we become so intolerant why is everybody seeming to there's an increase in celiac and wheat allergy and non-celiac gluten sensitivity and um and you know the funny thing was is i was i was very nervous about the launch um and and now i look at the comments and what everybody's saying and they all want it translated in other languages and and i think okay it worked. I, I did a good job. I did it, you know, I'm, I've done a, a good job. And, and that, it's always scary, you know, when you, you go on a new venture and, and you want to do something and, and you look at it and you go, oh, I've never done that before. How do I know what to do? And you get the right team behind you and um, it just, it, it basically just happens. Yeah, so um, it was so funny. I, and Kim will remember this because Kim's in it, by the way, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just couldn't quite figure out how to get Karen in there on the mind. <laughs> the mind of you know, wheat. Just, the mind of wheat. We just weren't sure how to get her in there. So we I can't just... see a match there. <laughs> but I think Kimmy looked absolutely fabulous. Oh, aren't you beautiful? Gosh, I was thinking it was such a privilege to be there. And, and even to watch the filming of it, I was there when Natasha was being interviewed as well. We filmed on the same day and just seeing the behind the scenes. And I, I, want, I kept wondering, Cindy, if there'd be a bloopers because do you think I could say glyphosate on the day? <laughs> it was hilarious. But no, it is an incredible credit to you all. And I, I just would love you to explain um, Maybe. Oh, we, you were still on a train of thought just before anyway. Carry on with yeah. that. All right. Well, so what I was going to talk about was um, the editing process. Mm. So once we had filmed everybody, and I tell you what, it was so hard to cut their words. Um, oh, every yeah. single interview went for between, well, Vandina Shiva was the shortest at an hour. She was succinct to the point, And when it was so funny, when Justin, my producer, said to her, is there anything else you'd like to add? She said, no, I've said everything. Mm-hmm. Done. And then she takes her microphone off and, and she's finished. And she had. She had succinctly said everything. And her words, you just hang off her words. In actual fact, Nathan has a, a girl crush on her at the moment. Mm-hmm. And Nathan's our general manager. He loves Vandina. He just mm-hmm. absolutely loves Vandina. So, and most were between an hour and three hours long. And... I then had to cut that down into a format. So what I did was I had all transcribed and I printed it all up and I actually read it. I didn't look at it anymore. I read it. And I highlighted passages and words that I felt was really good and we got it down to five hours. So I did it, Justin, my producer, did it, and Ruth, who was the assistant to me the whole way on this documentary and who is an absolute um, gem. I just, like she believes in everything we do. She She's a, a force for change. She, she, she's very humble. Like I saw her write something on her 
Facebook page. I've really enjoyed working on this thing. Oh, my gosh, Ruth, <laughs> you were part of it, you know. <laughs> um, it was quite funny. So we got it down to five hours and then it was, okay, now we need to get it down another three hours. So we went back. We took out anything that wasn't highlighted. We just had left what was highlighted and then we highlighted what we thought was important from that. And um, Justin did it by looking at it I and Ruth did it by reading it. And we got, it was really amazing that when we came together, we had all highlighted much the same thing. So we're all on the same page. And then Justin said, I think we need a consultant to get this together. And I went, okay. So he found this consultant that um, came in and picked out all the good pieces that we had picked out and put it into um, the first cut. And I showed it to Kim. <laughs> and I sat there mortified, <laughs> absolutely mortified. I went, this makes no sense. There is nothing in this that is just, just nothing's following. What is he thinking? Did he not read my script? What that, you know, and I'm like <laughs> having an absolute fit about it. And Kim came up with some m- remarks and we showed it to a couple of other people and I went, right, it's got to be changed. This isn't good enough. So I rang Justin and I said, Justin, it doesn't flow, it doesn't work, nothing happened. So he came and sat with me, showed me how to edit it as to how I wanted it. And so we wrote the script again um, with the information that was in the first cut and um, reorganised it and then um, from there it started to flow because I knew the story. I realised I was the one who actually knew the story more than anyone else and I had to be the editor um, to finish it off. And, and that's what happened. We, I moved everything around. I put things in places that should be where to follow on from the next one um, and then Justin um, fixed it all up and then we rewatched it and I probably watched it 100 times until we got it just right. Um, and then we added music to it. The first music sounded like elevator music. I just went, I'm going to fall asleep. Um, and so we went back to the musician and we said, come on, let's hype this up. We want some excitement in here. We want drama and we want, you know, we want people to feel something, not just be informed but be, have an enjoyment with this. And, oh, my gosh, the music now. I just I get I know when the music starts to change and what it it gives me that feeling um, and I never knew the importance of music in a um, movie or a documentary I had no idea but I if you take the music out it's it's not as impactful as with the music and yeah so I guess that's the journey um, Kim you asked me mm. for that journey and and it's like um, writing a book you write the book you finish it. And you think your work's done, mm-hmm. but we are working harder than we've ever worked before. We've, you know, with the marketing and making sure that everybody can watch the film and nobody's having a problem with it. And we get back to people immediately. I can't see the visual. I can't hear it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Cindy, we're, how- we're online and it's... Sorry. Sorry. No, I was just going to say to you, out of all of the people you interviewed, was there anyone that particularly stood out to you, not just in the way they spoke, but was there any or any people in particular that really struck a chord for you that you learned something that you, what, what happened with your journey along that respect? Apart from you? 
Well, I mean, that goes without saying. I mean, you know. No. <laughs> no. I mean, these people are all your gurus. These people are all people that you've looked up to. And you. I, I remember you being so humbled and blown away at the time they gave it, at the amount of information they gave. But I also remember you having a couple of little ahas along the way and just going... I think I got from you was just how much you learned. And I just wondered if there were any key moments for you that really did go, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Well, you know what? I probably thought that with everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just kept thinking, I love the way they said that. That's a really good way of interpreting that. You know, so in all, I loved everybody. Say a jai. <laughs> he was amazing. I I fell madly in love with him. He's this amazing person that has a filing cabinet in his head stuffed full of information. And I watched him. I would ask him a question and I watched him click through his filing cabinet. I could visually watch him do this because he would say, just hang on a minute. And you could see him in his brain accessing something and there goes there it is and it's almost like he pulled it out and then he created this amazing way of in of the of bringing out whatever research you know he was he was phenomenal he was absolutely phenomenal so as far as watching somebody access information and and the information he had and his knowledge on it uh he was, yeah, loved him, loved Sajai. Mm. But the one I think that, you know, that floored me, my jaw was on the floor. Uh, she was our last interview in the US. We had been going from, um, you know, we're traveling all the time, getting in late at night, getting up early in the morning to travel to the next place. And she was the last one for us to do in the US before we all went our separate ways and, and, and went places. And that was Dr. Stephanie Seneff, a research scientist out of MIT, just near, um, or she's in Boston near Harvard. And I'm, she was just this beautiful woman that greeted us and I found out that she was married to another professor and we were using his room and she had imagine their conversations I mean she's got a PhD she's got in biology and then she also has um, uh, degrees in electrical engineering and computer science I mean how does someone do that I know I know but what I loved about her is that she was a mum and a wife first and foremost she was a grandmother, first and foremost, and she had always been a computer scientist, so she knew how to collect data and analyze and, you know, ping in ga- ga- you know, graphs and things like that, and they'd always eaten well. She was always into feeding her family well, and she loved um, doing everything organically. She, she was one of those people that did the right thing for her family as far as nutrition went. And when her husband, nine years ago, her husband went to the doctor for a checkup and the doctor said, well, you have to go on statins, your cholesterol's high. And he came home and told her and she went, but we eat really well. Why would your cholesterol be high and why would you need to go on statins? So being the researcher that she is, she went on a research trip, didn't she? She just pulled out all the information, everything she could find on, 
you know, statins and cholesterol and it's um, linked to heart disease and saturated fat and she did everything and wrote this paper. So I read that paper probably eight years ago, loved the paper, rang her and said, I've written a report on cholesterol, but you, you know, you really get the science into it. And the paper was called Why Statin Drugs is Exactly Why They Don't Work. Why Statin Drugs Work is Exactly Why They Don't Work. Um, And she just went through everything. She was absolutely amazing. So I said, can I please use your paper and would you mind? And she gave it to me. She said, yes, just put my name on it. It's fine. It's all yours for free. And that was my first, um, I guess, you know, meeting her and understanding what she was like. Then I started to notice her popping up um, a lot on on methylation and glyphosate and wheat and gluten. And, and so I thought, oh, I would really like to interview her. And so when we got to MIT, we're, we were exhausted, I must admit. But we got to MIT and she just spat it out about glyphosate and, as she called it, a train wreck in the body. And she went through, she kept saying, the shikimate pathway, the CPX450, I'm not even saying this right, the, and the, the thionine and the chelation of minerals and the thing of vitamin D and this and that. And she was just like, that's what it was like. And Ruth's got her jaw on the floor. I've got my jaw on the floor. Our two cameramen who have been listening to everything have got their jaws on the floor. And we're stumped, stunned. I don't even know what to ask her anymore because she's just blown everything that we thought out of the water. And I just, I just, I, I remember saying to her after she said she can make pathway for the 15th time, I said, can, can you just explain the she can make pathway to me? I'm just a little bit confused. So she does this beautiful definition of the she can make pathway. And what was interesting is I had never heard anybody else say the she can make pathway. But when I went back through the transcripts, five people talked about the shikimate pathway. It's just that it it wasn't in my frame of reference, so I didn't hear them saying it until Stephanie Sneff just kept shikimate, 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 shikimate. (laughs) And I I remember saying to Stephanie going, the chicka what? (laughs) (laughs) So you you didn't actually know what it was, though, when you heard her say that? No. And I I didn't know. Sorry. No, go on. No, 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 I was just going to say, I, I found it so interesting, that part of it, because I've never really understood it. I never understood really what it was. Um, I mean, I'd heard you speaking about it and I had an idea, but I really didn't understand what it was and then how it's affected um, by the glyphosate and what the glyphosate actually was. Mm. So it never really had the, the massive impact on me. But after watching your documentary on that... It was like everything was explained. It was crystal clear. And the graphic that you have of it on the documentary, oh, my goodness, because oh. I'm, I'm such a visual person. And I was like, oh, I get it. I actually get it now. And it's, it's, it's been amazing to actually understand the impact that that has mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically. It's, it's, it's everything. Mm. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's what's sad. And I think Stephanie Seneff's research on glyphosate and the shikimate pathway and, and, and what I love about Stephanie is that when she learns more, I get an email. Oh. Cindy, 
you're not going to believe this. Look what we've just learnt now. Look what we've found, you know. So, you know, I just, I think her research is groundbreaking and life-changing and I, she's a researcher. She's not on social media. You should see her website. All it is is the links to all of her research. That's it. Nothing else. There's no picture of her. It's just black and white. Um, she's, she's just there to find the truth. And, and I said to her, I want to get your information out to the world. And she says, I want you to do that too. We need to protect our future generations. So, you know, she, she just, and I'm noticing her popping up more and more, more and more people are discovering her and doing interviews with her um, and podcasts and gosh, it would be, um, it would be hilarious, the four of us on a <laughs> podcast. Oh, I don't know if I'd. The three of us with Stephanie. Oh, I don't know if I'd, um, I don't know if I'd have anything to say really on that one. <laughs> Oh, God, I've got so many questions. I'd be going, I'll just take questions, yeah, I'll do that. She's so flippin' amazing. I mean, she spoke on screen at the Mind Forum as well, and she's just, her knowledge is just beautiful. But you're right, Cindy, not only that, she's just a beautiful soul who cares about the future. In fact, I found that with everybody on that on that uh, documentary. They were people that obviously had a real care and a real concern around the future of our of our planet in regards to food that was one quote that you said and I've always hung on to it that the story of wheat is the story of food can you just explain a little bit about that well what's happening is that um, let's just take glyphosate so glyphosate is sprayed on parks and gardens most people um, get rid of their weeds in on their own grasses with glyphosate. It's sprayed on many vine fruits, um, stone fruits, or sprayed around the stone fruits. It's sprayed on. It's used as a desiccant um, on a lot of our canola oil here in Australia, or on wheat if it's in a, a wet area, or if it's in the US, it's sprayed as a desiccant. I think in most places. So glyphosate. Um, since 1998 and the year 2000 has absolutely escalated in use. And when you see Stephanie Seneff talking about um, glyphosate and how it impacts the human body, you realise that this exposure that we've had over the last 16 to 18 years is when all of the... um, problems that we see with glyphosate have escalated so number one it stops your ability um, of the bacteria to digest wheat so not only is the is the the problem with wheat which we haven't even discussed but it's also that we've lost the ability to digest wheat um, and digest many foods and that's why there's more allergies we're now seeing so the story of wheat um, is that there is a history to our, our agriculture and the way we've done things. It's the, and that is the story of food because we're not just talking about wheat here. We're talking about BT corn, which is a genetically modified corn. We're talking about Roundup Ready canola oil, Roundup Ready cottonseed oil, Roundup Ready or cottonseed, Roundup Ready soya. Then all the processing that's done. So we go through agriculture as well as the use of the food as well as what they do to the food. Uh, and we just picked wheat, but 
my ending is the story of weight is the story of food because although I just picked weight, when we have a look at our out of all of our foods, they're all being sprayed, or not all, but many of them are being sprayed with chemicals, um, especially glyphosate now because it was always seen as the safest one. I, I know, you know, when I got my farm and I got some holistic, not holistic farmers, but farmers that had names before them saying echo something, I, I got them around to say, oh, look, I've got a really bad weed problem here. What do I do about the weeds? And they will go, oh, cut and poison. And I went, well, what are you going to poison with? And they said, glyphosate. <laughs> I just look at them and I go, but you're echo and you're using glyphosate. Oh, no, it's the safest. Mm-hmm. It, it is of all of the, of the herbicides out there, it is the safest. And I went, no, it's not. It's the most dangerous and you will not be using that on my land. And then I would go get another one. And then another one, and they all would say glyphosate or Roundup. Let's spray with that. So they're all tipped off my land quick and fast. But they, there's a belief, the farmers have this belief that it is safe because uh, the, the makers of glyphosate have said that uh, it only affects bacteria and plants through the shikimate pathway. But the shikimate pathway also happens in our digestive system Uh, via the bacteria that produce amino acids and then neurotransmitters. And 90% of our neurotransmitters are produced in the gut. Now, our nervous system needs neurotransmitters for communication and our brain needs neurotransmitters for communication. And when you have a look at the stats and everything from 1998 to 2000, we have more depression, anxiety, Uh, autism, ADD, ADHD, um, schizophrenia, all of these things that are to do with the nervous system. And then we can go further on from that in autoimmune diseases such as multiple sclerosis, which is a nervous system problem, ataxia, dementia, um, and all of these things that are attacking or, or not letting our nervous system work properly are being affected by not only the sprays, but the food that the sprays are put, you know, are put on, and then the refining process, and uh, and you know, we went through fourteen different things um, with regards to um, what was wrong with wheat and what had happened to wheat since the nineteen twenties, and you could do the same with many of the foods. And what's scary. Wheat isn't the only thing people are becoming intolerant to. You find some people can only eat some greens, a bit of meat, and maybe some fruit if they're lucky. Um, and that's what's happening is that there's been a tenfold increase in allergies in the decade between the year 2000 and, and 2010. Uh, autism has gone from a rate of, you know, one in 10,000 back in the 70s to now I think in the U.S. it's at a rate of one in 60 in, in Australia it is that, and Stephanie Seneff says that autism by the year 2032, if her graphs are correct, will be one in two. Wow. Wow. It's actually, it must be frightening as a, um, as a mum, a parent, a, a, 
a, a caregiver of someone. You know, I was talking to a lady this morning who sadly um, has to have quite a serious operation amputating part of her leg today. And when I spoke to her this morning, she was really nervous, obviously, and lots of things happening for her. And I said to her, what are they feeding you? And she said, oh, Kim. And she started crying because she, she's on this journey, Cindy, and she's watched what's with wheat from her hospital bed. And she wanted to show the doctors and she wanted them all to understand why she can't eat gluten and why she doesn't want to eat gluten. And their answer was, well, that's all there is. And, and then she said, if I don't eat it, they then get concerned that I'm not eating. So then they send in people to counsel me around eating. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> they're missing the point. It's, it's almost like we need a service nowadays for people in hospital that have this way of thinking that we could offer a service that has people take up beautiful meals to people in a hospital. And maybe that's happening. I don't know. But it's certainly got me thinking. OK, I Kim, think that's a great business yeah. idea. I know. Great business idea. I know. Everybody out there, get going on it because this could take over. Because then you'd say, I'd like to go to hospital. No food, thank you. Yes. No food. So take that off my bill. I'll get my own food in. Oh, my gosh, Kim Morrison, you have just come up with a brilliant, brilliant plan. I know. Let's let everybody tell, all the fridgeters that are listening, um, all our listeners, please let us know if you're going to do this because I think it's brilliant. Mm. And I said to her, even if she could get, you know, a beautiful green smoothie in the morning, a gorgeous soup for lunch, and then a beautiful piece of, you know, just something yummy with good fats in it for dinner, either if you're not, if you're not a meat eater, obviously something with good fat in there. But I just, it just seems so simple to me. And it got me thinking about that beautiful doctor down in Tasmania, Cindy, which we must get back on the show that we could, we haven't been able to get him. But uh, what are your thoughts around, okay, so you're a mum that you've always thought you've done the right things for your kids you always feel like you and you want to do the right thing as a mum or a dad and then all of a sudden someone says to you to watch this film now the biggest thing that I've had with people is when you say to them um, what the hell do you eat if you don't eat wheat so what's been the journey since the movie's been launched and we're still in its free um, viewing stage but what about the people that okay they love what you say they love what they're doing but what the heck do I do now yeah well I think there'll be I always like to see people at different stages in their life and some people might be watching the film just for information uh, they may or may not change. Then there'll be a, another group that will have a lot of questions and that's what the forum's all about, asking questions. Some other people answer, but usually I'm in there answering. So the forum after the film, we ask you to, you know, if you have any questions, we'll answer them. And then there will be people that go, she's just answered all of my questions for the last 20 years. I didn't know this and now I want to do this and of that group of people there'll be a group that will know exactly how to do this because their family and friends have done it they've probably got a, a relative that's got celiac disease and so they've watched that journey and they may know exactly what to do and then there'll be that group that have no idea and want to make the changes and want to educate themselves more and so off the back of the um, six week no wheat we actually created a Pro, sorry, off the back of what's with wheat, we actually created a program called Six Weeks No Wheat. You know, I know that's a tongue twister, but we we did that because, mm-hmm. I, you know, when I was finishing off the documentary, I basically said to everybody, 
hey, what if people need help with this? We need to be poised, ready for them. Because I'm always trying to think about, well, what will people need or want after getting this information? Little did I realise that they all want to be translated. We want, we've want we got Spain, Portugal, Turkey, Romania. Um, who else wants translations? Um, and we want, we, and teachers want lesson plans to go with it. So all of a sudden, they're telling me what they want, and we started that on Saturday, translating it into other languages. Um, but my thought was, oh well, they'll all need help. I didn't think of those things, but I thought they all need help. So we created the six weeks no wheat program, and it's on a platform that is easy to use. Uh, lots of recipes uh, where people can pick and choose what they've got in their house at the moment, how to clean out a pantry, uh, where do I go for certain foods, you know, how do I clean out my fridge, what ingredients do I look for. So it's a step-by-step program. So you're not like, okay, let's just get rid of everything now. It's it's really about just doing it step-by-step and uh, and that's – that is to help those people who do need to be helped through this because they, they don't know. They've, they've not even realised it. I remember um, our beautiful Jodie, who we all know, she came to the opening on the Sunshine Coast with her mother and her mother's a solicitor and her mother comes up to me after it and she went, she looks at me really seriously and she goes, are you ready for this, Cindy? And I went, and she's a solicitor. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what have I done? What, what, what is she talking about? You know, thinking on her solicitor thing, she said, you just answered 30 years of problems I've had that my doctors can't figure out what's wrong with me. And I just am going to do it. I'm going to do the six weeks, no wait. And I know, I can, I can feel it. It just is the best thing I've ever heard and it just answers all my questions. So <laughs> it wasn't so much that I'd done the wrong thing. It was she was blown away by the information and she felt that, um, it was going to go ballistic. That's what she felt. That's why she was asking me if I was ready. And I said, yes, we're ready. We are ready and poised to help as many people as we can. What's your hope for the movie? What's your That's biggest what I was hope? Thinking, well, hmm. like, what's your intention for it? Like, what did you, what do you want to see change? I would like uh, councils and, and people, I would like people power to start, start um, getting rid of glyphosate. That's number one. I would like that. That that would be number one hope. Number two would be... And just just before you go on from there, when we say we want to get rid of glyphosate, you've seen what the um, chemical industry does. They just change a couple of different things to paint something else. So perhaps you could be a little bit even more um, broader, or sorry, a bit more specific on that in the sense that you would like to see all toxic chemical poisonings change. Would that not be the case? Or is glyphosate just the only one? I, just help me there. No, you're right, Kimmy, all of them, but that would be number one if we could just stop that because I do know that the company that makes glyphosate realises that the, the, the era for glyphosate is ending and I heard this from a farmer who says it's not working anymore. The plants and the bacteria are changing and so it's not working anymore. And um, so there is a new one poised in, in the future and I've read about it and I think you're right, Kimmy, that would probably be more of my hope is that we stop using chemicals and we start using new technologies. And one of the new technologies that I saw up in Toowoomba is steam. So getting rid of weeds through steam, um, you know, like you see our, our 
our councillor uh, workers, they go around with their spray gun spraying everything, but maybe all they do, need to do is spray with steam. So I've seen that technology. Um, it's coming, and why not let's start using that? I'd also like to see people start uh, really thinking with um, or, or voting with their their pocket with their money so start going to farmers markets talk to the farmers start getting real food going back to the kitchen making foods from scratch start a revolution stop eating packaged foods think about the the things that they're putting on their skin um like it was so interesting i was watching a documentary before uh, we got online and it's about the many things that I didn't even know of that were being made with wheat, and one of them was wood. I didn't know this. So what? We, yeah, they created this industry. It, it, I haven't finished it yet. So I, I, they said you'd be surprised where wheat is now because it's, as we say in the film, there was enough wheat grown last year for 11 billion people to survive on. So there's, what, 4 billion or 3 billion sitting there, 3 billion tonnes, I should say. Mm. No, no, it's not 3 billion tonnes because that's people. But there's more wheat than we need. So what are we going to use with it? Let's find other industries for it. So um, this is what's happening. And, and we, we, don't, we don't need... Um, wheat, as beautiful Pete says, I can guarantee all of you, if you go off wheat, you are not going to die of a deficiency. <laughs> Pete Evans is just, oh my gosh, he's he's just comical, um, and he is and just, hot. Yeah. Oh yes, very hot. And and what he says, you know, Pete, what am I going to, you know, what am I going to eat? And I just, I love the way he does things, and he's in there to show people that this is possible you just yeah I just he's just brilliant I love like, the way oh, he yeah. said don't yeah. you know you don't have to tell your children you're not going to have wheat anymore just stop getting it and start creating more beautifully nutritious tasty meals he also appreciates he's at an advantage because he's a chef but that's why he's written the books he's written and that's why there's so many amazing um with your program and the recipes I've seen what the girls have created in there it just you don't miss wheat when you know what the alternative is to cook, do you? No, it's, it's actually the easiest thing in the world to do because if you're following a whole food diet, it's actually not that, it's not that challenging because there are so many other foods that, have, um, that are so much more tasty because wheat, you know, if you think about all the things that wheat is in, it's, a fairly, it's pretty bland. Mm. So there's not, it's, it's, not a, it's not for flavouring, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> so I wasn't. I got the kids today. I said, "Just you know, taste this flour here." We're we're a bit naughty. We're at a one of those bulk bins places, and I went, oh, "Come on, there's there's flour there. Let's taste it. Stick your finger oh, in." Yeah. They they oh, put some. Oh, really? No, no, we put it in a little bag. <laughs> oh, no. I put some in a little bag. I wasn't going to be yeah. that gross, but I went, "Stick your finger in here and tell me what it tastes like." And they're going, "No," and I went, "Yeah, go on, no, go on, tell me, tell me what you think of it." And they're going, "No," and I went, "Well, that's how bland it is." Like, not that they were arguing with me, but Taylor actually ended up, she's shown it to all her dance friends in the uh, Queensland National Ballet. And now the head of the Queensland National Ballet would love to do a screening and would love um, 
obviously they'd love you there Cindy but I said I'd be their next best if they wanted but uh, you know I'd come from a a mum's perspective after watching it on what you can eat after you drop wheat and a lot of these young people have no idea neither do they have any idea what they that they're even eating wheat because so many things as we know from the documentary have wheat in it and I love Sarah Ballantyne wheat is in everything (laughs) so I think it's a really powerful tool to watch to show people how to explain the things that maybe if you don't have the science mind or the ability to articulate why people shouldn't eat wheat or why it could be an idea maybe not shouldn't eat wheat but why it could be an idea to give it up for a while and then see if it has these implications when you reintroduce it I think I love that message in the movie because you're not saying don't eat it and I love even I can't remember it was the beautiful MD at the um, he says at the end you know it may not be that you can't ever eat wheat again, but it's about healing the gut and helping the gut so that it can tolerate it and going for the old, ancient grains of wheat. That's That was the other key thing I took away from it, that it's in the preparation. We used to take three or four days to create a loaf of bread. Now, when you hear beautiful Sally Fallon going from, from the from the the ground to a bag and bread it's it's two hours and it's I don't know about you Karen but that part in the film where it's all coming out that tube I kind of feel sick yeah it was unreal that's why I think that this I think this documentary is so profound because it's it speaks to the heart of people who don't know but want to know and it speaks to the heart of people who don't know what they don't know and then it also speaks to the heart of people who actually know and have suspected. And I think it's the documentary that, that, that covers all, all levels of knowledge and education. And that's why I think it's so brilliant, Cindy, because the, the graphics, the, the um, educated people that are delivering what is informed knowledge, it's not just people with an opinion. I mean, this is informed information. And I think that's why it's such a bloody brilliant documentary because it covers the visuals, the auditories, the kinesthetics. It covers everything. Like even from a structural point of view as a speaker, I'm looking at it going, this is gold. This is gold because you haven't missed anyone in terms of being able to create that understanding that makes a person say, hang on a second. If it's going to be, it's up to me. And when, you, when they, they showed that, that it used to take a couple of days to bake a loaf of bread and now it's gone from, you know, from raw materials to the bag in half an hour, it's sickening. Mm. It's sickening. So it's not just saying, hey, did you know? It's actually showing it so that you can't, you can't miss it. It's, it's, I think it's amazing. Amazing. Cindy, Cindy, what's been the outcome with your team, family, friends? I mean, you know you've got two raving fans listening to you right here and now. And, we would, and, and we're going to yell it and scream it through the rooftops because we're so flipping proud of you. But what's been the overall reaction from people that you know? And maybe apart from a couple of the things you said at the beginning, what's been your feeling? Were you surprised? I, you know what? I, it's not like I wasn't surprised. I, I feel like I take everything as it comes. So, you know, as I was doing the documentary, I just did what I had to do. I had to interview people. I had to edit. I had to get it together. And when I was finished with it, the final one, I went, I'm happy. I'm really happy with this. But was I going to be the only one that's happy with it and understand it? Or, you know, what was the rest of the population going to be like? And so, then the next step was, all right, well, let's give it to everybody to watch. And to see 
the absolute um, praise, unbelievable praise. I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm, uh, I have a humility, would that be the word? I just, I'm like going, wow. But you know what I think is it, I, when I look back at this whole journey and it just didn't start with what's with wheat. This started at 21 when I decided I wanted a farm and that I wanted to grow my own food and that I wanted to be organic and I wanted to be this hippie living in the bush, which is far from what I do right now, but that's what I wanted. And I realised that that was my ultimate dream and in order to do that I had to just go through the steps in order to be able to do that. And I, I felt when I realised that what's with wheat is a hit and doing really well, I realised this just takes me closer to that dream of, of having a safe haven where I can buy, I can grow organic foods and I can grow everything that I want to and then I, I'm not going to be dictated by what the rest of the world is having to do. But in the meantime, it's to be an education program as well. So what's with wheat to me is a stepping stone for my ultimate goal, which is to have this farm, to have an education centre where people and farmers can come and learn to grow their own food in their own backyards um, to, to do it. So it wasn't surprise, Kimmy, but it was, okay, this is getting me closer to what I ultimately wanted to do. And I do this and share this with my family and friends and my two best girlfriends. Oh, <laughs> oh you're amazing. Because <laughs> I know Karen wants little animals up there, don't you, Karen? Oh, I do. I do. If I can have alpacas, I would be so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I am saving my We will work on that. I want to be working on that one for you. <laughs> I want to buy a little family. <laughs> so, Cindy, this goes out. It's out now. We're, we're putting this, when this podcast goes live, there's, there's going to be two and a half days left that people can get the documentary. Um, tell us what's the benefit of screening it for free and, and where they can go. Well, I think the benefit um, screening it for free is it gets out to more people and then they share it with their family and friends because sometimes you have to give in the community to, you know, to receive back sometimes. And so for us it was about giving in the community on the Sunshine Coast first and then to the world. So the, the advantage of the free screening is that you can go online, watch it in the comfort of your own home. You don't have to pay for it. Um, you can get the information and you can do with it what you want. And so that, that's number one. Number two, how do you do it? You go to whatswithwheat.com and you register for the screening and um, you have immediate access. So it begins with, um, you know, it begins with the documentary and then I come on afterwards and thank you for watching it and, and ask you for comment. And it ends um, on the 30th of June. So... I, I implore people if they are listening to this podcast that they make sure that they go and watch it before that free screening finishes. But even if it does finish, it's only $20 to buy the DVD, Australian. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not an expensive, um, you know, it's not an expensive book or anything like that. It's, it's reasonable. Or you can download it, I think, rent it for $5. So, um, yeah, I, I guess the advantage is, is to get it to more people. 
um, and, uh, and yeah, give back to the community. Well, I think you're pretty bloody extraordinary. And the fact that we get to, uh, you know, oh. to hang with you. I mean, Kaz, I don't know mm. about you, but, you know, mm-hmm. even if she gets so big and so famous that we can't even do up for a jet, God forbid, we'll always, we'll stalk her. <gasps> we will stalk her and follow her and oh. demand a follow-up. What's with wheat? Documentary. I mean, maybe we do what's <laughs> with milk. What's with sugar? I think there's many more or DVDs to go on documentary, Cindy. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Kimmy. Oh, Thanks, Kimmy. The oh. And they'll always be up for a chat because, you know, we've got uh, New Zealand next year, Africa the year after, and Patagonia the year after. I'm sorry, I'm not missing out. <laughs> and, and don't forget, oh, now hang on a second, the year after that we've got the French Alps. Yes. Well, there you go. We've already planned it. <laughs> so people have got plenty of time to save on whichever journey they want to come on and information is definitely coming out very shortly. We've been getting a whole lot of things of what we're doing in New Zealand, so I'm very excited. And maybe we'll, you know, it's it's just a beautiful thing to share if you want to hang with us and, and absolutely spend time with the three of us. We we love Peru and, and we could see what it did for all of our beautiful listeners mm-hmm. so and followers. Um, can I just share with you both? I just, you know, I, I seem to be getting into this little habit at the moment. I keep writing notes whenever anybody we're interviewing or we're doing podcasts. But Cindy, as far as you as a person is concerned and, and a friend of ours, I, I took some key things, not about the documentary, but about you as a human being. And Kaz, I think, I think you'll agree with me. Some of these things are pretty extraordinary. But one thing that I took from what you've been saying, Cindy, is if you don't ask, you don't get. You know, when you put that email out to everybody around Christmas, you had no idea what you were going to get back and the tsunami that followed. And I just think that's a really powerful thing that I could take away from you is, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. Um, Also, find other ways to get hold of people. Um, The big thing I took from, is it Fasani, the the doctor you really wanted on, uh, Alicia? Don't assume that they don't get your message. Try other ways until you get an answer. Like, I really took that one home from you, you know. Don't yeah. assume that they got your got hold of you. I thought that was really interesting that we just thought she, he didn't want it. How's we? Now I'm part of the document. Yeah, it's my document. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Be in charge of your own dream. You know your story better than anybody um, when you realised you had to take hold of the documentary and edit it yourself. I thought that was very powerful for all of us. Be in charge of your own dream. And also, everything worth having can take longer than you think. I know that you thought you'd be launching this documentary back in April, and um, you realised, I think, during the journey of this, that it it took a lot longer to have it perfect and to have it the way you really wanted it. So I I don't think it's a bad thing to, to always assume that things may take a little longer, but they're definitely worth having. Be open to learning, just your little bit in there that you'd never realised until you did a documentary how important music is. Um, And sometimes it's not until you've done a book that you realise, it's for for me, whenever I go to a book launch of somebody, I just see the thousands of hours that have gone into it and yet we get to enjoy the one and a half hour book launch. I go to events and and I go to people, I listen to speakers, Karen, after doing your course and you just realise good speakers, the amount of work and energy and effort that would have gone into creating what looks so effortless and I think your DVD your documentary looks so effortless but we've seen it's been a two hour journey so thank you for that 
be in awe of other people's knowledge. Um, you certainly have been an example of that. The more people you spoke to, in fact, my next point was it's okay to have more than one hashtag boy crush and hashtag girl crush. So um, <laughs> I think by... Be a task, be a task is what you're saying. So be in awe of others' knowledge, which is something that I find very powerful in both of you. You always love it when you meet people that know things and you just you become absolute hashtag tarts around them. I get that. <laughs> um, things can be said, but you're not always wired to hear it. And I, I find it fascinating that it was looking over all of the things, that all the transcripts that people had actually mentioned, the shikimate pathway over and over, yet you obviously hadn't been wired to hear it until you heard it that seventh time with, with beautiful... Um, Stephanie and I thought that's a powerful metaphor for all of us that people may be trying to tell us things but we may always not be wired to hear it or they may not be, be wired to hear what you've got to say so so don't give up <laughs> um, share the knowledge share in you the knowledge that when you're passionate about it in other words um, the people that have loved what you've said have wanted to share it and now you're getting texts and emails from Stephanie herself when she learns something and I think it's just so beautiful uh, when you are passionate there's no price on this there's no agenda there's no nothing it's you've just met another soulmate that loves to share the knowledge and I think that's what happens in a tribe like up for a chat is that we all become part of that beautiful full again tsunami or wave of people that want to share the information the more you learn the more you don't know so be excited be open be passionate take everything as it comes so be in the now I think that's when I said to you you know where do you hope this goes and I think you just said it's so poignantly that you're taking everything as it comes and you're very much in the now and, and in fact the people are now driving where they want it to go so I think that's a lovely maybe even an aspect of surrendering once you've completed something surrender and see what follows work on things until you're really proud and happy with it don't give in and don't take second best and you really have been an absolute um, example of that that you were not happy with things at certain times and you wanted to make sure that it was absolutely right and the fact is is now that it's out there every time it screens you are absolutely proud not only of yourself of the people in it but also the people the team that it took to build it particularly you know your hubby who was the original one that said do it and and then obviously the film um, editors and, and Ruthie. I think it's really beautiful to always stay grateful to what it took to get there. Do what you love, manifest it and take action. And you know what I, I've got here written, oh, and P.S. Karen wants alpacas. So uh, <laughs> I've just got that one in there. <laughs> and, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and finally, my last take home is um, sometimes you've got to give in order to get and I love the fact that you've offered this free for seven days. But like you say, I mean, a, a 1997 DVD, what a beautiful gift to give to people that you care about. So my take home from that was go to whatswithweek.com and you've got two and a half days to watch that free, but spread the love and, and always give feedback. So from my heart to yours, from a take home, from what I learned from you as a human being and a beautiful friend to both of us, thank you for the lessons through doing your documentary for us personally that we can use in our own lives, even if we may never do a documentary. I think those key learnings in there were poignant to all aspects of living. So thank you, beautiful. Oh, thank 
Thank you, Kim. That was an amazing summation. Oh, and I'm so glad it's recorded because I can go and listen to it again because <laughs> there's so much. I'm like going, all right, I, want, I, need, I need to know what she's saying. No, it's beautiful. Thank you. Pleasure. How gorgeous. Well, this has been like not only a fantastic podcast and we, as Kimmy said, are so proud to be associated with you, Cindy, and to be so close to you and to be able to share in your elation and your joy and to watch you go through the motions of of bringing such magic to so many lives and such a, a profound message. So it is it is an honour to know you and it is an honour to love you and I just wish I'd met you sooner so that I could love you longer. <laughs> and I think that... Um, love you long I think time, it, Karen. <laughs> What's that? Love you what? long time, Karen. Love you long time. <laughs> So everybody, please go to whatswithweek.com.au. Go and immerse yourself in the magic of what Cindy's created. Don't miss out and tell everybody that you know about this amazing, amazing piece of footage that will be life-changing for millions. Also, if you've got any comments, go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Or you can also go to allthews.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat and post your comments there. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy what Cindy's created. Know that you're part of this family and everything that we create is created with you in mind. So share it. Be proud yourselves and know that you know us. You are family. You are a fly on our wall and you are just as much a part of our lives as we hopefully are a part of yours. So join us here next week on Up for a Chat and become part of the ripple effect that no kidding is freaking changing the world, Pete. <laughs> changing the world. Thanks for hanging out on this ride with us. We love you. See you next week. Bye, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.